hello and thanks for listening and watching uh, to Talk with Christians. We have some great guests and let's get started. Ben, tell us about yourself. Where are you from? What are you doing in the kingdom? I'm Ben Grady. I'm from South Haven, Mississippi, but now I'm in Calgary, Alberta with my wife and my little girl. And just um, I have the Warriors of the Cross Facebook group um, where we share Bible content every day and uh, work with the congregation here at Northside Church of Christ. Awesome. Jordan, how about you? Hey, guys. I'm Jordan Shouts, and uh, my wife and I and our three kids are in Dallas, Texas, working with the Kimball Road Church of Christ. Uh, like many today, a lot of preaching, a lot of teaching, a lot of writing, uh, trying to keep connected with the saints here in Dallas and across the world to just keep the word flowing, keep the truth sounding out. Amen. All right. Wes, how about you? Uh, I'm Wes Ayers. I'm with the Shiloh Congregation in Florence, Alabama. Uh, very excited to be on with you guys. Uh, my wife is a kindergarten teacher. We have two boys, nine and five. We're very excited about them. They have their own attitudes, their own personalities. Good days, they're like me. Bad days, they're like their mom. Um, and, uh, <laughs> we'll edit that I'm out. Also, we'll edit that out. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm also the host of the Monday Matters podcast, which you can find on Facebook or uh, iTunes Store, Google Play. You can find that anywhere that you would like to look for it. Awesome. Yeah, it's so good to see you. Uh every Christian out there that we can um, being in social media or just putting content out there that's teaching the truth because there's so much out there that's confusing and, and not the truth. So appreciate you guys all for doing that and the things you do. I'm Titus Blair. I'm a missionary in New Zealand uh, and do the Lord's work here, try and be a light to this community and uh, spread the good news. And I do other things uh, with technology. It's great to do kingdom work though, put our treasure in heaven. So the, uh, this week, our topic is, well, it's more of a question and then another question. Love the world? Like, should we love the world? Will it love you back? That's the question. So a lot of times uh, the world is all people have. Uh, it's what they think we're about. It's what they think life's about is the world. So we're going to talk about whether that's true or not. The verse we're going to start with uh, today, if you have your Bibles with you, is 1 John chapter 2. Verses uh, 15 through 17. So 1 John 2, 15 through 17. And this is what it says. Uh, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. He who loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the body, the covetousness of the eyes, and the pride of material things. These things do not come from the Father, but from the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he who does the will of God abides forever. So this this awesome. This is from 1 John. And I would encourage you all to read all of 1 John. So powerful in there. A lot of love and how to love your brother. And uh, it's just amazing. So what do you guys, real quick, we'll just kick in. What are some thoughts that come to your mind reading through this verse? Just we could keep it open for this part. And then we're going to go to the questions. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about the opposite. You know, like the, uh, we love not the world, love God. Love not the world, focus on God. Where's our focus at? If we're putting our focus on the world, we're not going to profit anything. This world's going to cease. You know, we're going to only be here for a short period. But uh, the the other side of things in God and all he's promised us is, is there waiting for us for eternity. So it's just, it's a, it's a matter of focus. Matter of focus. That's good. Wes, what about you? I think it's also, uh, you know, it's definitely a matter of focus, but I think it's also a matter of of heart. And I think it's also... You know, we look at, um, you know, I, I'm a I'm a visual guy, so I, I look at mm -hmm. what people are doing and I listen to what people are saying. But people that are in the world, if they see Christians not focusing their effort, like Ben said, if if our heart and our love is not toward the Father, 
and toward heaven, and our goal is not heaven-based. People see that, and I think constantly people are looking for the truth behind every situation, every matter. And when they see Christians focused on worldly things, and let's be honest, there are people who are outside of Christianity who can pick up a Bible and know exactly what they're looking for. And they can question us as Christians. They can say, are you really loving the Father or are you loving the world just by watching us as we go through our everyday actions? So I think it's important for us to show our heart and to give our love to God and so that other people can see where, like Ben said, our focus really lies. Well, if you believe in heaven and you keep focusing on the earth, heaven must not be a really good place, huh? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Jordan, what do you got, man? You know, one thing, at least initially, is uh, if, if you're reading this text for the first time, it may seem strange. It says, do not love the world. Uh, there are passages that seem to point to to the good of creation. And so at least it's maybe clarifying for, for first-time readers or those coming to this text for the first time that world means a lot of different things in different places. Um, you know, you have world in Acts 17, where Paul makes the statement that God made the world, made all things. And so you talk about, more about the creation itself, the created matter. You have John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. And now we're talking more about people. Right? He loved people and died for people. The world here, uh, that which we're called to, to hate. Right? Do not love the world. In other words, you, you hate the things that God hates and you love the things that God loves. The world here seems to be talking about the ideas, the uh, principles, the purposes that belong to, to the evil one. As Paul would say in Second mm-hmm. Corinthians, the God of this world, and so it's Satan's system. And so, what, what I what I find amazing, what Wes and Ben pointed out so well, is that we live in the midst of this system. But just because we live in the midst of it, does not mean that we are allowed that system to live within us. No, that's good. Yeah, and, and you know, Jordan, as you were talking, it made me think. Uh, it says after it, you know, for all that is in the world is the lust of the body the covetousness of the eyes and the pride of material things. It, it, Satan tempted Jesus with these things. He said, hey, you're hungry. You should, you should eat, like do something. And he's like, well, first I want to focus on the word of God. That's the real, that's the real food. That's the body. You feed your body. The covetousness of the eyes, he said, look at this world. You can have everything. And he said, you shall not worship anyone but the Lord your God, right? And then, and then the pride of material things, like look at the power I have. You know, and he said, Jesus, just jump off. He's not going to get hurt. You got your God. And he said, do not tempt the Lord your God. So it's really cool. I just saw that and realized that, that that's in there, um, that we can be so distracted. Does it mean we don't eat? Does it mean we don't love food? Well, that word love is a hard word because it's just one word. But uh, does it mean we don't love food or do we like food? Yeah, we, we like food. But do we want to choose food over heaven? No. <laughs> so that's a good, good point. Yeah. Like, And what was I, what was I thinking when I, when I read this is I see... Um, Oh, here we go. Here's the thought that came to my mind. There's this cool video that shows the universe and when it dies, you know, it's whatever, trillions and trillions of years in the future, whatever it is, it, uh, it fades out to zero. But in that video, it shows the footprints on the moon and it shows them fade out. And I thought, isn't that amazing? Like we think what a significant impact that we put our footprint on a different planet or the moon. And yet over time, it doesn't matter at all. It just disappears. And then the world disappears. So God is telling us, look, if you love this world, if you make a cure for cancer, if you make a statue or some special thing that benefits thousands of years of humanity, it doesn't matter because humanity will die eventually. The universe will die. Everything will die. So we can't find our hope in that. 
and um, that's distracting. So, anyways, that's pretty emotional for me. I'm like, man, hit it there because it's so easy to be distracted by the world. I mean, we're in it, right? If I punch Ben, he definitely feels the world. <laughs> the hard part is not is to get past it. So, you guys got any more comments about this? So then we'll go on to the question. You know, to your point, Titus. Uh, I forget where this is. I think it's Wisconsin, but every year they have this this ice sculpting contest or snow sculpting contest. And so they take all this snow that has accumulated and they get all these sculptors and they come out and they make these incredible, I mean, almost unfathomable uh, creations out of the snow. And people come and they'll spend thousands of dollars just to come and weigh in on this. But within a month, it's all gone. It all melts away. And if we're living, if we're living for whatever it is, for the accolades, the pleasures, the success here under the sun, much like that, it's just going to melt away. It's all going to be gone. But God made it. us for something a lot, a lot more eternally lasting. It's a satisfying than that. The abundant life here, but the eternal life, eternal life to come. Amen. We should just have a moment of silence on that one. That was good. <laughs> it all melts away, everybody. It all melts away. <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, let's go to the question. What is the love of the world? What do you guys got? What do you think, uh, you know, in this particular verse, uh, when John's talking, you know, what, what is the love of the world that he's talking about? And I think we hit on a little bit, but let's just go a little bit deeper and answer this question. I think Jordan kind of kind of got us started with this and kind of got the conversation rolling. And, and a great way to communicate it is exactly what he said. It's, it's the principles and the ideas of the world. You look at everything that's around us and it's God's creation. And one of the things that I, I always challenge my teenagers with, you know, I'm working on 13 years of youth ministry. I've been in youth ministry since I was 20 years old. And one of the things that I was challenged with very early and that I challenge my kids with often is you're never going to look into the eyes of someone that God doesn't love. And I think it's important for us to know that and to understand that because a lot of what we see comes from people that see things differently than how we see them. The end of all this is God loves his people and God wants his people to be happy and to be in a, in a place where they trust and rely on him. It's not about the things of the world that we should give ourselves to. It's about giving ourselves to him and loving his creation. So the love of the world, I think what we're warned against here is, don't be in love with your possessions. Don't be in love with your job. Don't be in love with your your financial status. Be in love with God. Be thankful for the things that he's blessed you with, but don't fall in love with those things because heaven is much greater. And if you focus on those things, you'll miss heaven. And, and we're all trying to get to heaven. And so it's our job, our responsibility to not focus on the worldly things, but to focus on the eternal things. Yeah. And it, it made me think in my head, imagine you have a picture of your wife and you're like, I am so in love with this. And your wife's sitting over here and you're like, no, no, no. I love this image of my wife. This is it. And you're like, dude, it's not even real. It's it's good. It's just a piece of paper. You know, the real things right over here and the world is in the world. They love like all the neat things that you love, like the sun, the beautiful sunsets, the universe, the stars. That's God. See what they're really in love with is God, but they don't see that. So that, that, that's like that looking at that picture of your wife and saying, oh, I love this woman. And you're like, well, she's right over here. <laughs> you're picking the wrong thing to put your time into, man. That's good, Wes. Yeah. How about Jordan? You know, I think if I was going to answer the question, I'll go back to, uh, to the right understanding of, of this word world. Um, right. 
you know, in, in many ways, God created the, the natural creation as this uh, beautiful revelation of who he is. Right? Psalm 19, the, the heavens are declaring uh, the glory of God. So it's not to say you can't appreciate the sunset, the sunset or your breath taken away at the mountains. Again, you, you catch the, the contrast, at least in our context here. So the love of the world in verse 15, he qualifies in verse 16. He talks about the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life. Uh, he says in verse 17, the world is passing away, but he says the one who does the will of God lives forever. So in other words, to love the world is to allow these lusts and unholy desires to take over your life. And you can summarize it by the end of verse 17, to love the world is not to do the will of the Father. If you're not doing the will of the Father, you're either doing your own will, or as Paul would say in the book of 2 Corinthians, I cited it before, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 4, Paul says, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving that they may not see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who's in the image of God. So you're doing the will of the one who rules, the thinking, the ideology, the, the, the way of the world down here. You have to pick your will. And so the love of the world is to love the way of life, the choices of life that are contrary to God's way. And so I, I think at least initially, as we're getting this conversation started, what John is, is getting us to see his readers and us too is that th there is this fork that exists there, there are two paths and you cannot have both you cannot have the world again not physical creation you, you cannot have the ways of the flesh or the ways of satan or the way of self however you want to define that you cannot have the world the sinful sinful life and have god or as james would say whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of god so to love the world is to love Satan and yourself more than God. Right, because right. there's and other people who are listening and watching. There are two forces in this world. There's God, the creator of the universe, who gives us the free will to follow him, to learn about him. But there's also another force in this world, and it's, it's, it's Satan. It's this, this person that God has, has allowed us to interact with, and he distracts us from the will of God and, and through our own lusts and desires, as it says in, in this verse, the lust of the body, the things of our body. Would you hurt a human being to protect yourself? The covetousness of the eyes. Would you hurt your neighbor by ripping something away from them? And then it's the uh, lust. What else? The pride of material things. Would you say I'm better than you? You're nothing because I have this thing. See, that, that's what Satan does. So when you act like that, people, when, folks, and me too. When we act like this, you're not reflecting God. You might not believe in God, but you are reflecting Satan. And you might not believe in Satan, but you are. So when you think you're better than people, when you choose people, your body over someone else, and when you choose your things and you rip stuff away from people, what do you think about that stepping out, right? That's good, Jordan. Good job. Ben, how about you, man? Well, you know, the, the love of the world means um, do not love the sin of the world, right? So the the world and the Bible refers to the evil system controlled by Satan that leads us away from worshiping God or being in service to the Lord. So, you know, when we give our love to the world in, in that sense, then we're ultimately crippling our spiritual life. We're crippling our growth. This this text is talking to Christians. So we're, you know, obviously the world all needs God and all needs Jesus. Um, so but they have to be they have to love God first to get into christ to get into the right state with god um to be to be in that command so we're we're actually responding to this command we're going hey we're trying to live like christ we're trying to live and follow his words yeah and in in doing that 
if we get distracted like Peter did, you know, on the water, you know, or lose sight of Jesus, uh, we take our eyes off of, our, of the goal, then uh, we're, we're quickly going to cripple our spiritual life. And, you know, maybe it can cause us to be fruit, fruitless in this kingdom or, right. or you know, have, have problems down the road, right? Yeah, I, that's good, Ben, because I thought about Jesus. He's our example. So those of you who might not know how to how to live or, uh, you know, what is the world about? What makes life worth living? Read about Jesus. It says he is the way, the truth, and the life. It says you must follow him. You must walk how he walked. And you'll get that in First John, too, also. First John, you'll also get that. Um, he actually provides us with the way to live through him. Mm-hmm. So it's good because we're all lost. We're all confused. There's a lot. All of us feel alone. Even if you have a spouse or a friend or anything close to you and even a pet, you'll still feel alone because it's you. It's just you in the world. It's just you. At times, it's just your mind. But with Jesus, you know that he walked the path and you can follow him. So that's good, Ben. Yeah, exactly. Jesus is the way. And I think that's what we're talking about here. I'll look at Jesus' life. Did he love the world? He loved the people. But this guy walked around in sandals and dirt. I mean, they didn't have toilets back then. He could have been a, a king, a prince in a palace. So if he he, he was like, I'm not going to be distracted by those things, you know, because he he says uh, it's easier for a rich man to enter the kingdom than a camel or other verses might say a rope through the eye of a needle. So it's hard because these worldly things distract us from our true purpose and the love of God. And that's that's where we're getting at. We're not folks. We're not telling you not to love the world because somehow video games and movies and, and all these things are are not fun and enjoyable. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a joy that's greater and more fulfilling than those things. You're not losing something. You're gaining something by following God. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So let's go to the next question. Unless, Wes, you got something, anything else? Jordan, Ben, if you got anything else? Okay. So uh, the next question is, what is the love of God? Because um, it says, if I love the world, how is it the love of God is not in me? They're like, well, how can, I mean, what is, is loving the world that bad? Is doing these things like, how can I, if I, if I want some things that I'm not, I don't, you know, let's say I covet something. How is that? How is the love of God not in me because of those things? So let's talk about that. I think about uh, John 14, 15, he says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. So Jesus is telling us, Hey, if you love me, you got to follow my words. You got to keep my words. And he repeats that over and over in that text. It's just, you know, that's something we have to really keep in mind as Christians. Like Jesus wants us to follow his words. If we're not following his words, what are we following? You know, who who's distracting us? Who's deceiving us? Maybe, you know. Um, so it's it's just keeping our focus on Jesus and following His footsteps, not too you know, not getting too far ahead, not getting too far behind, just following Him. Well, if you take the L out of world, what do you have? Word. <laughs> so <laughs> the lies of the world, the capital L. If you add the L into mm-hmm. the word, you get the world. That's good, man. You know, I, I think maybe one one point it's, it's important to make here is that it's not saying that God never stops loving you. By saying that mm-hmm. uh, the love of God is not in you, right? And Romans five verse eight teaches us that even when we were enemies, we we were part of that system. We were part of that uh, that path that completely rebelled against God. He loved us enough still to send Jesus for us. <clears throat> so it's not talking about uh, in terms of God's love for us or care for us. It, it seems to be more of a relationship kind of term here. That if I choose to associate with the path, with the decisions, with the lifestyle. That God does not love. If if God doesn't love it, the opposite of that is hate. And so if God mm-hmm. does not love this. And the reason he doesn't love it is not because he, he doesn't like things that are fun or enjoyable. It's because he knows that ultimately these things are destructive to our lives. Yeah. Destructive about everything that we love. And that's the that's the the power of Satan 
the delusion of Satan is that he makes it think that this is what life is all about. And you grab a hold of it and you realize everything you loved and everything you cared for now has come with a cost by this decision. You think about Eve, eat this fruit and everything you want is here. Life forever changed once you eat that fruit. And so what John is talking about here is relationship. If you choose a life away from God and the things that he hates, then you're not going to be walking with him. Again, that, that James 4 passage, uh, outside of us here, it's James 4 and verse 4. He says, you adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility towards God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy towards of, either towards of or from God, depends on your translation here. So that's the language I, I see here in, in John, in John chapter 2. Is that if you choose this path, if you choose these decisions, you're ultimately choosing uh, your relationship with God, your association with him. Either you're going to be a friend of God, and that means you're going to love the things that God loves, or you're going to be an enemy of God, choosing the things that God hates. That's right. Friend or foe. <laughs> That's it. Friend well, or foe. you know, I thought this too, Titus, when you were talking about the text today, is that you think about you think about what God loves, but then how also there are phrases through scripture that tells us what he hates, right? God loves marriage, and we know that because he says he hates divorce. Mm-hmm. God loves truth, and therefore he says he hates every false way. God loves unity, which means he hates discord or division. And here mm-hmm. he talks about don't love the world. What does that mean? Well, he loves his way. He loves his righteousness. He, he loves the path that will lead to life. That, that, that's the, what he's trying to get us to see is I want you to love what I love. Well, he's perfect, right? Anytime yeah. you choose... Uh, uh, something else you're going to be in imperfection and no one wants imperfection who, who wants to buy yeah. something that's supposed to be perfect and say oh wait there's a scratch over here so so god's like look i want you to be perfect because being perfect makes you right and makes you right with me you know so he always well, he's a, he's, what he's kind of friend, creator hey, that's right ben what kind of friend would i be if i'm like hey guys you know what just mess up your cameras your audio should be real messy who cares about how good it is? No one cares. You know, like I would be like, guys, let's have some good audio so we can have good, good, you know, so people can hear it. Uh, it would I be your friend if I'm like, Jordan, just turn your mic off, man. You know, like it's not. <laughs> it's not We're done, buddy. Know? Turn it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ben, 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 what were you saying? Sorry, man. I mean, he's our creator, so he knows what's best for us, right? So why, why don't we listen to him? We know he loves us. He's created us. He's designed us. He's sent his son to die on, on that cross the way he did. And, you know, shed his blood for us. So, I mean, he's done all the, his part. He's left us his word. He says, hey, follow this. I've given you the words for eternal life. You either follow it or you don't. I've done everything. I've shown you so much love. I've shown even the, those that, you know, the, the sinners and everybody in the world love. You know, he gives them so many blessings. He blesses us all very richly. And, you know, um, so, I mean, I, I, just, I don't see how we can't recuperate that. We, hey, you know, he says if we love him. We just got to do what, he, what he's asked for of us, you know, and that's what's best for us, incidentally. So, isn't that what people do anyways, Ben? If you have a friend, and I'm like, hey, I'm your friend, Ben. You say, hey, Tyus, could you could I borrow a pencil? No. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like, well, I, well, how about sorry? Could, could, could you help me out with this thing? No, sorry, I can't do that. You're like, well, y- you keep saying you're my friend, but you're not doing anything, you know. <laughs> not, ben wouldn't do that, by the way, folks. Ben's he would give me the pencil. He'd he'd send it across the internet or whatever. Wes, yes. how about you, man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I think I think one thing that's you know kind of important. I mean, you mentioned, you know, if we if we sort of hitch our wagon to something that's not of God, right? I mean, we talk about how we're tied to imperfections. The only imperfection that I want to be seen tied to is my hunting truck. 
you know, my hunting truck is not perfect. It's got all kinds of dings and scratches and all kinds of stuff in it. That's the only thing that I want, you know, tied to, to me that's got imperfections in it. I hey, hey, hold on, Wes, Wes. But if the truck could have, you know, perfect paint job that never scratched, you'd probably still want that, though. <laughs> I kidding. would want it. Yeah, that, you're right. Absolutely. You're, I would take it. If you're handing the keys, I'll give it. But it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I look at the relationship I have with people. And a lot of this goes back to, to Jordan's point. And uh, the more I sit here and I listen to these guys, the more that I think, well, I'm, uh, I'm really the low man on the totem pole here because these guys are just incredibly smart and they, they put things and they communicate things very well. And I think what Jordan said is just, it's so crucial because it's a lot about the relationship, the love of God, because when Jesus's earthly parents went back to look for him, where did they find him doing his father's business? So it was a love, it was a respect, it was following his example, doing his work, doing his will. And I think that's the relationship that that God is expecting out of us. He's expecting us to follow his will, to do his work, to spread the gospel, to help the kingdom to grow. And in doing so, that's going to mean eliminating relationships with worldly things and having our relationship with him sort of semen it in and that just be a fixture in our lives. You know, when you think about building a house, you don't just start throwing boards and, and brick and mortar together. You start with a foundation and the foundation for us being able to show the world the truth is to have that relationship with God, to love him because we know that he loves us. There's, there's zero question about that. There's zero doubt about that. It's important for us to have that relationship and to love him enough that we go about doing his work and doing his will. Because if that's where Jesus was found, then gentlemen, that's where I want to be found too. Why do we do it, Wes? Why do we do it? Why are we Christians? <laughs> it's the greatest thing that you could ever do. And we're about God's work. We become, we, we separate ourselves, that old life, because we are created new in him and Man, that's why we do it. We do it because we love him. We want other people to know him. We want to be about his business. Amen. And how powerful is love, folks, if you're listening and watching? Let's compare two things that are counter to each other, love and hate. Let's just say you're all hateful, 100%, a perfectly hateful person. First of all, you're probably not very happy. Second of all, everyone around you isn't happy, and you're destroying everything around you. Uh, and nothing, nothing good comes from hate. But it, let's do the opposite now. What if you're all about love? Then when someone hates you, that hate just disappears because it can't touch you. But to someone who hates love is is terrible. Like it destroys the darkness that they are. It, it, it takes away that 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 darkness they can bring. Love brings light. So like you're saying, Wes, um, you know what being a Christian, those of you who are listening who may not be a Christian or Jesus followers, I say, um, you're missing out on a love that is greater than anything you could imagine. You know, you might love that pizza or that truck or that that even that that person. This love goes beyond that. So look into it. Learn about it. Learn about Jesus. Say, why why is Ty's talking like this? Why are these guys sitting here talking to me? Jordan could be doing something else. Wes, Ben, we could be doing anything else. We're here for you. And we want to let you know that. We love you too, just like God loves us. So um, let's go. Who else wants some comments on this one? If you love the world, how is the love of God not in you? Anybody else have any comments? Yeah, one one thing real quick I thought of. Um, it's like the love of, of God's not in you because like if we're friends and we both love um 
this particular thing. Let's say uh, we love uh, pizza. Then if I'm pursuing pizza and I go with pizza and you go to pizza, then we both have that similar love. We're all pursuing that one thing together. We have the understanding. But if all of a sudden I start going after, you know, fried chicken and you like pizza, well, now we have a diversion of our, our shared love, don't we? So I think a lot of times when I read this, it says the love of God is not in you because you're not loving the things he loves. And that, that's something I wanted to throw in there, guys, is I think that's something to think about is, is our love for things the same love that God has for things? You know, and we're supposed to love him and everybody else. I'm not doing a good job of that one. <laughs> All right. So here we go. I think some people have mentioned this in the thing. The next question is, what is the will of God? Okay. So we've got some good things. We're, we're like, well, what, how can I not be in God's love? So now at the end of the, of the, the verse, it says, um, these things do not come from the father, but from the world and the world passes away and the lust thereof. But he who does the will of God abides forever so what do you guys have on that one the will of god you know that's a really broad statement here because mm -hmm. it's been used a lot of ways in a lot of passages in fact you get yourself a fancy uh fancy bible program or just google it and it's going to send you about a thousand passages and so um <laughs> to, to try and define what the will of god is is it's very uh, it, it's like trying to tackle a mammoth all at once okay let's just put it all in one big box it's going to be hard I think the simple way of saying it here, what James is saying is, is that you're going to do what God asks you to do. It's the will of your mm -hmm. father. So essentially, baseline definition is the will of God. You're doing what God wants. Okay. In this specific context, the will of God is not loving the world. Uh, it, it, it's not getting involved with all these things that are going to take you far away from him. Uh, now, if someone wants to know and ask a specific question, and we can maybe trace it down in a minute. I don't want to take us on a long rabbit trail. But if someone wants to know what's the will of God for my life. All right, now now we got a place we can start. Now now we got some some things we can put on there. But at least specific here to John, it seems to be the will of God is you you love God and love the things that God loves and keep yourself unstained from from this world. Don't don't let it be what is your your main love in this life. Right. Yeah, because this life is temporary, right? He says what before that, uh, and the world passes away. So all the things you love, the lust, it says also pass away. Uh, first of all, you're going to die. Even if the world lasts thousands or whatever years, you're going to be dead in a few. But uh, the world passes away. And then also the lusts, which the things you thought, thought so were so great, you know, that lar extra large ice cream cone or that Ferrari, all those things that are people, the lust of the world, they're like, this is the best things. Have you ever seen a Ferrari? Have you ever seen a 1980 Ferrari? It's not as cool looking to me as the new ones, you know, 2020, whatever. And not that I like want to pursue these things, but over time, things look old, <laughs> no, no matter what it is. Anyways, the point is that if you see an old car, eventually it becomes a classic, not something everybody wants or covets, you know. <laughs> so, the world passes. To your point real quick before we, before we pass that off. Yeah. Is that, to your point there. So God's will never, never ages. You know, there's, there's never a time we can say it's old, it's outdated, it's, it's irrelevant, we might say. Don't reply to us today. I mean, that was written... You know, AD, whatever it was. I mean, we're, we're 2020 here. So obviously John didn't know about smartphones. John didn't know about the coronavirus. Can't say that about God's word because tied here to God's will is eternity. Right. All people for all time to last, that'll get you home forever. And so you can't say what God wanted then is not what he wants today. It's tied to this eternal promise of lasting with him forever. I thought that when you were talking about that, the things that break down, the world's going to break down. God's yeah. will never will. That's awesome. 
Yeah. And you know, you don't worry about the coronavirus if you're not from this world. Let's yeah. say you visited, you say you visited this world and you you knew that you weren't from this world, this world couldn't destroy you. You could walk around in the coronavirus, even though everybody's afraid, and be like, well, it won't, it, it's not gonna destroy me, my soul. As Christians, we're talking about souls here. So, but if you worry about the world, then you tie yourself to that fear. So that's good. Ben, Wes, what do you guys got? Thanks, Jordan. You know, it's not in man to direct his own steps. So, you know, um, we have to look to God for that guidance as to how to live and how he wants us to to be. What do we need to do to be saved? What do we need to do in order to be with him for eternity in heaven? We can't just come up with our own way to save ourselves. I think Paul makes that pretty clear. But John 15, 10 says, If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So Jesus is setting the example and telling us, Hey, look, you know, I kept my Father's commandments. Y'all keep mine. So where do we go? What? Where do we find God's word, his will? Uh, God's word, the scriptures. So we have to go to the Bible and go, what has God revealed for us, uh, for us to follow, for us to be saved, for us to make it to heaven? So this depends on how, how we want to live. Do we want to live for ourselves or do we want to live for God and submit to the creator, submit to his will, which will serve us for eternity? That's it. And, you know, Ben, you brought up a good point there. You know, it's, it's the will, isn't it? And And everybody, if you're listening, you have been given something amazing god has given us a will you see he didn't give us a a won't like we he have to we have to do everything he does he's programmed us to do it so god has given us a will and he said this is what i want you to do but you don't have to do it and that's amazing because you think a creator a perfect creator who created everything all powerful all knowing to make a creature that could choose not to follow him willingly is 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 an almost an impossible feat it's an amazing miracle so you all have been given everyone a will it's whether you choose to follow God or whether you don't choose to follow God. And God said, look, what? If you don't choose to follow me, that's your will. But your will will be done, which is a separation from him, right? So that's what Jesus said, didn't he? Your will be done to God. He said, your will be done, God. Your will be done. So, yeah. Wes, what do you got, man? Thanks, Ben. Uh, yeah, it's one of the things, if you talk to people that know me and have known me for a long time, they're going to tell you I'm going to take every opportunity I can to insert, first of all, something from Romans, but probably specifically Romans 15 and verse 13. Okay, so if just let, let's read it together. This is from the ESV. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. You don't get that from anywhere else. So the will of God is for, for us to have a, a spirit of hope, to, to be hopeful, to think and to ponder on the things that he is looking for us to be able to go out and with um, boldness, with strength, to be able to to go after and to be able to help people. He's not looking for Christians to be weak or timid or to stand idly by while people destroy other people. He's looking for Christians to insert themselves and to be stronger and to to overcome. You know, Romans chapter 15 and verse 13 is one of the things that my kids will tell you I'm going to reference. And they're also going to tell you that I reference their comfort zones. I push my my teenagers. I push them hard to get out of their comfort zones and to be something bigger and better than what they ever think they could have been. Because I, I think teenagers hold more power and more weight 
with their peers than they ever give themselves credit for. Mm-hmm. And I tell them all the time to get out of their comfort zone and to do something because God has filled you with this hope and you know what the challenge is. And it's his will for us to be out and not stick to our comfort zones and just know our group of friends and to know our group of people, but to go beyond that and to to take that word to all the ends of the earth and to push forward, like we mentioned earlier, to spread the gospel, to expand the kingdom. We're, we're about kingdom business. That's what Christians are to be about. And I think if we stay in, in a comfort zone, we we don't realize that God has filled us with hope because that's what we need. We need hope. We need to look towards something bigger. That something bigger being heaven, of course. We can't do that if we're not following the will of God. And I think specifically here with what we're referencing in, in this passage of Scripture here um, from First John is exactly kind of what Ben and, and, and Jordan have already discussed. It's knowing that this is not an, a time for us to focus our love on the world. It's a time for us to focus our love on God and to show that love to the people who are around us. Right. I, I was thinking, uh, Wes, how long can you sit in a lazy boy for and still stay comfortable? Right. I mean, maybe like uh, an hour or two. How about how about five weeks? How comfortable are you in lazy yeah. boy in five weeks? How about five years? You see, no, comfort, it never lasts, man. Comfort never lasts. No matter how comfortable you want to be, you can get the temperature just right. You can be in the bed laying there. But do it for five weeks or 10 years. It's not going to be comfortable. It's, 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 oh, think, thinking of, you know, so people love Ferraris and sports cars. I heard a story once of someone, they worked their whole life to get a Ferrari and they got one or a Lamborghini, actually. They got the Lamborghini. They drove it for a week. And because they were so old and the suspension was so tight, it actually hurt their kidneys so much that they had to sell it. You see, the whole life was dedicated to this like amazing thing, which everybody else thinks is, wow. you know. And then they couldn't drive it because of why? Because we all fade out. We all die. So for you guys, uh, what I want to say listening, what's the will of God? That you're right with him. It says that God doesn't want mm-hmm. anyone lost. You know, you might think, uh, oh, God's a mean God, or you know, the people do this, or Christians persecuted people, or they did the Crusades, whatever. Those are people, folks. God mm, is greater than people. Yeah, Ben, right? And so, listen, God's will is that you're right with Him, and He proved it by sending His very Son to die for you, even though you don't even know Him. Maybe you don't like Him. Maybe you try and kill Him. I know I would. To die for us, so that we could be right with Him. So His will is to know Him and love him and to love others, right? The two commands, the two greatest commands that, that, that God has taught us through his son and in his word, even the Old Testament, is that you must love him with everything so that you'll do everything for him because it's right and that you would love others as Jesus loved us. So there's the will of God. And if I put it in a, nut, in a nutshell, he doesn't want you lost. If you're watching this episode, you're listening, don't wait. He wants you with him. Because he doesn't want you away from him, but you can choose not to be with him. And we're going to do the week's challenge now. We're going to talk a little bit about it because I like to do practical things. So first of all, uh, recouping, going backwards, guys, um, let's say you've been in the world. What's some things that you found distracted you? And then what are some things that you did to kind of pull yourself out? And that's the reason I'm asking this is this week's challenge we can talk about. Let's look at our lives and see if there is a love of the world that may be holding us back. 
Okay, because it's hard sometimes not to look at our lives because you get in this pattern, this 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 pattern. You never reevaluate what you're doing. So, uh, or me too. So, what's holding you back? And that would be like entertainment, sitting at home. Maybe you play Xbox or whatever. Some people I've talked to recently have stopped doing some of these things because they realize, wow, I'm just dedicating so much time to this stuff. So, what are some things holding us back in the world? And then I want you to choose God. And for me, I, I would say in, in simple terms. Read the Bible instead of doing X. Okay, so switch it out, swap it out, or spread the gospel. So instead of sitting and doing nothing, go and do something. This is what we're challenging. So what do you guys find um, are some things that hold you back? And then what are some things that you find that you can like spur you forward, you know, and that help you engage and disengage from those things that hold you back? Anybody have anything on that? Um, practical things? Yeah, I'll jump with that uh, just initially. One thing you talked about. I think one thing I, I fall into this far too quickly, and and I have a lot of friends who've said the same things, <laughs> is that because of social media where we are now, we get we get flooded with information. The majority of that is negative, but when right. the majority of that is just is riddled with with anxiety and fear and doom and gloom, it, it's just easy to get swept away in that. To get swept away in the thinking of the world and the negative kind of thinking about how things are and how bad things are. But to me, what, what I picture, and I think what might help, is that if, if you see football, or at least you can just Google it, you Google quarterback listening to the coach. Have you seen, if, if you, any of you guys watch football, there are times when the quarterback needs to hear the coach's words because he needs to know what play he's going to play. And so you'll see him, what he does is he puts his hands over the ears of the helmet because he needs to hear the voice on that headset. And so in a stadium full of... 70,000 people screaming at that man. He focuses and he hears one voice. Hmm. And what I need so often is to drown out the, the word of the world and the message of the world and to listen to that one voice. I need to listen to the voice, the voice of the shepherd. Because I will tell you when I do, when I spend time away from social media, when I'm plugged for a while and I just get into the word, perspectives entirely change. Mm. Hearts immediately change. Fear melts when you listen to the shepherd. I love it. That's good, man. Deep. <laughs> now, real quick, Jordan, real, tell us what uh, in practical matter now. Real quick, what does that mean to you? Like when you say listen to the shepherd, what's some things that you're doing to hear him? Yeah. Yeah. So, some, let's put some practical application on it. Daily Bible reading. I think daily Bible reading is huge. Now, that doesn't have to be several chapters i think that's where we get into a problem is we're tr trying to do too much so we say well, i'm going to read three chapters a day i'm going to read this entire bible in a year look if if you can't stick with it you end up hurting yourself okay you don't start running by going out and running 10 miles start small start small in fact it's better to do less and to think about what you read that entire day and let's stick with you than to try and do this mammoth reading and not know anything you read at the end of the day and so Pick something, pick something small and then just think about it. You wanted that day. Share it with a friend mm -hmm. is a big one. Uh, one thing I think all of us have right now. Let, let me give you this challenge. I, I thought on, on this this week. It's going to be so easy for us to look at 2020 in terms of what we lost. Mm -hmm. uh, we lost opportunities. We lost vacations. We lost so, social interactions. And that may be all true. But look at 2020 in terms of what we've gained. Almost every person has been forced to be at home. We've had time with our wives, time with our kids. Invest yourself in your families and bring the Bible in with your families. Hmm. I love reading the Bible with my kids. We sing a lot. We pray a lot. 
use that time, sharpen yourself. I, I think that we can just get the little moments where we're getting the word of God. And that's what I mean by listening to the shepherd. We get those moments where we're reading and we're thinking and reflecting. I'm telling you, you build a habit on it. It's going to make a tremendous difference in your day by day living. That's awesome. Yeah. In fact, it'll distraction won't be distraction anymore. You'll be so no. excited on fire. Yeah. Yeah. If I turn it off a lot quickly now, we're going to say, no, I don't need that. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks, Jordan. That's good. Yeah. Wes, how about you or Ben? Yeah. You know, one of the things that, constantly distracts me i get on these uh i can get on these youtube downward spirals i mean it's just you know you 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 look you have good intention um i I mentioned my wife is a school teacher so we've been trying to find a way to sort of communicate for their open house because most likely open house in the school system is not going to be like open house where you went in you met the teacher you met all your classmates it's probably going to look different so yesterday we were looking on YouTube at different ways, different instructional videos to uh, help her set up a virtual type classroom where they could go in, kind of see what the classroom rules were going to be, how things were going to look, how things were going to set up prior to the school opening and the students arriving. I think it was two hours later, I was watching uh, dogs doing a food taste challenge. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's how it, how it transitions can sometimes it can really get away from us. And it just, it's one of those things where, gentlemen, if I'm honest with you, um, sometimes I let uh, my own self-interest step in the way of doing what God needs me to be doing. Do you know how many phone calls I could have made over that span of time? Do you know how many people I could have reached out to? How many people I, I could have shot a text message? Because let's be real, I had my phone in my hand. I could have been doing mm-hmm. something talking to people that that I haven't been able to see face-to-face since March. I could have spent that time communicating with them, praying with them, encouraging them, and it, it certainly would have encouraged me because today what, what good does it do me to know that there's some dog in Alaska that thinks a steak is a 10 out of 10? It does me no good. It does me no good. But what can hey, wait, Wes, me? Wes, don't tempt people. You shouldn't say those things. They're going to go look them up. No. That's true. Yeah. Don't waste your time. Watch one and get kidding. out. But it's, uh, it, if I think about it honestly, um, and it, it's it's a change of mind. It's a change of, of what do we see as important. And that's something I, this, this whole pandemic, like Jordan said, being, being home with my, with my wife and my boys have really, it's opened my eyes to, to some things about my boys that even as their dad, seeing them every day, talking with them every day, I didn't know about them. I, I, I just, I didn't know because there are things that they're interested in that I was interested in as a kid. And we get to, we get to spend those times together talking about those things and comparing those things. And, and I feel like sometimes we miss those opportunities to minister to other people because we get caught on these rabbit holes sometimes and, and it pulls us away from where we need to be. Uh, so that's, that's a challenge for me is to not allow myself to, to chase these rabbits and to focus more on kingdom work. Uh, that's a big challenge for me personally. And, and I think, uh, you know, if we're honest with ourselves, we can, we can easily fall into that trap. Everyone can. That's why we're doing the show though. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, we need to encourage each other. If you're not with another Christian uh, who's really, you know, one time you're on fire and you're inviting them or they're doing, we have to be encouraging to each other because you're not alone. It's, it's a, it's a lonely walk, you know, to be alone. So you got to encourage one another. 
that's the key, man. Oh, and by the way, Wes, you know, those little thumbnails on YouTube that show an asteroid blowing up the earth, th those are hard not to click. Right. How do you not <laughs> click on that? Right? How do you not go to the next video in the loop? I, I, they got I can't you. figure out that power yet. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Sucked me in right there. <laughs> ben, how about you? Thanks, Wes. Yeah, I like that thought that you brought up, you know, leaning on each other and uplifting each other so that we get back on focus, get back on target. Because um, how quick do we forget? How soon do we forget? I think that's why God uh, said to remember me each first day of the week because he knew, hey, we're going to forget. We're going to lose sight of what we need to be focusing on in this life. And uh, we need that reminder. We need to be gathered with our brother and be encouraged every week. We need to be recharged. So uh, I think that's something that's so important for us and um, so necessary. Many times we get caught up watching Netflix, watching a, you know, a series or a video or a set of movies or something and, you know, or playing a game on our phones or whatever, when we could be, um, like Jordan was saying, you know, studying the word, you know, and, and, and I, I think that, you know, I like what he was saying about uh, just focusing in on a smaller text or something and studying, fleshing that out a bit, um, meditating on that. And then uh, taking those studies, you know, uh, and taking it to, Facebook or taking it to the social media and being able to share it with others. You know, that's why I use my group. I, I, I do a study. I'm focused in this. A lot of times I get on this um, from this, from this Monday um, discussion and I carry it on through the week, you know, like, Oh, okay. What about this? Oh, what about this angle? You know, and you, you start posting little, little comments, little posts about it that, that just are on your mind and sharing it with others. And you know, so they can be thinking about it and so they can know and refocus, um, and hopefully share it so more can see it, right? Um, and that's something we could also do is, is go on there and be sharing content like that um, from sources uh, from the church, you know, all over. Um, because, I mean, the more we share, the more people we're going to influence. How many people can re reach uh, with social media? Uh, not just, you know, through a post or share, but, you know, reaching out and conversing and, and, and bringing up things, you know, saying, looking for those studies, looking for those people with interest. And uh, just taking that time to uh, discuss something with them and see if see where it goes, right? Well, Ben, why are you doing this, man? Why do you spend your time trying to give the gospel? Why are you doing it? Go ye. Right. Because <laughs> Jesus why said, go ye, yes. Matthew 28. <laughs> and why are you following Jesus? Because uh, he loved me. Exactly. He for us. Isn't right? it? Like, if, you want, if people don't like Christians, then you don't like people. That, that's those are the people you don't, you don't. It's not about Jesus that you don't like, by the way, folks. It's, if you say I don't like Christians or they're hypocritical, you're talking about a person. Uh, if you talk about Jesus, Jesus loves you. You could slap him in the face and say you're the worst person ever, and he'd say, "I'm still here for you, man." You see, so you, Christians give Jesus a bad name. Uh, we, we and I, I give Jesus a bad name. Like, look, if you're listening to this, don't. If you heard a Christian who thinks they're perfect, the Bible says if you think you're sinless, you're 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 not. You know, so. Uh, as Christians, all of us here would admit we have to worry about the meteor hitting the the the, the you know the little thumbnail. We have to worry about playing games. We have to worry about saying I should be doing something else, but I'm not doing it. We're all the same, folks. The difference is that we have a hope that the things we strive for and struggle for and grasp for have a meaning and purpose greater than this life we're living. Where you, if you're not a Christian, you're grasping and struggling, but what you're grabbing onto is falling apart and going to die. So the only difference between you and me, folks, is I've grabbed Jesus' hand as he pulls me out, right? And I'm going to give you two stories here. Uh, first of all, when you guys were talking, the way to be reminded is to take up our cross daily. Because if you feel that cross on your back and you feel, you go, I'm, I've got a mission, 
that can help us stay focused. I'm terrible at staying focused. I will watch movies. I will go to bed instead of staying up and do things. Here you go. You know, I, I am terrible. So I, I'm terrible. But by the grace of God, I keep struggling and striving and walking that path towards Jesus. So here's a story for you. There's a person uh, this week, we try and do stuff on Mondays. Uh, he has to work nights. Okay. So he doesn't, he works all night and then he gets home at seven and then he wants to sleep during the day. Well, I wanted to go do some stuff. I invited everybody, um, my Christian brothers to go out and do evangelism. And he said, he woke up and he said, you know what? I only live so long. I can sleep anytime, but I can't serve the Lord all the time. And he said, you're supposed to serve in season and out of season. So he said, I, instead of sleeping, I said, I'm going to go out. And so we went out, we went to the street. Uh, we were doing some good stuff. We went to the McDonald's and had some Bibles, you know, all these things we get to do. It's just an amazing day. And I saw he was filled with joy. And so even though he was probably so tired and, you know, suffering, the joy that he had was so great in serving God and being in, in God's in loving people and extending his love that it kind of eclipsed that comfort of, and I just respect him so much that someone would give up that because sleep is hard, right? I don't know if you have stayed up before, you know, you get to work at 10 o'clock at night and you get off at whatever, seven or eight, you got to be tired. And yet he, he said, you know what? I'm going to choose the better way. I'm going to choose the way that matters. So that's what I would encourage you to do. We're, we're all, we all have tough times. Um, if you're having a tough time, uh, we all are here for you. And your Christian brothers and sisters are there. So if, you, if you're having a hard time, you think, man, I'm just so distracted. And I just can't get out of this loop or this cycle. Reach out. Pray about it. Read God's word. Reach out to somebody. Uh, we're here to help you. All right? Because we love you. Because God loves you. And he sent his son. So Ben. Jordan and Wes, this has been awesome. I mean, it's, it, these things go fast, you know, because you have so much. I probably talk way too much, so I apologize. Uh, but uh, I'm so happy to have you here on the show. Um, any any closing thoughts for, from you guys before we wrap it up? Prayer. Um, Wes will be doing the closing prayer. So, real quick, if you guys got some, I would say just before Wes does, been a, been an honor to be on the show. <laughs> really thankful for you, brother, sharing these thoughts. And if if, if you're listening, I think each of these guys have said it. Uh, there's something we have found and it's offered to everyone. It's not fake. It's not put on. Uh, we, we found life. Mm. We, we found love. And if, if you feel like there's something missing, if you feel like you're grasping for, for, for meaning or love or purpose, and you just never, never seem to find it jumping from relationship, to relationship or job to job, and you just seem to come up empty, just reach out any, any one of us. Cause there's something that we have found in Jesus. That's, it's real. It's genuine. It's beyond words. It's life abundant. And, yeah. and that's what this is all about. Thank you, brother. Let me share it with you. Yeah. And Jordan's on uh, Facebook. We usually put their link so you guys can reach out direct to Jordan or Ben or Wes or me. So thanks, Jordan. And he means it, by the way. I'm talking. I know I'm, I'm talking. Jordan means it because he loves you, too. You know, yeah. it's awesome. But Ben, you got any closing thoughts or Wes? You know, Jesus says. You know, he who is not with me is against me, right? But, you know, that's something we have to think about every day, you know, and, and say, hey, if, are we with Jesus? Are we, have we done what he said to do? Are we living for him? Uh, truly, you know, uh, people in the world, um, or even those in the denominational world, have mis been misled by all these divisions. Um, and, you know, if, if you need to know what Jesus said to do, open the word, right? Um, reach out to us. We will be happy to study with you. We love you and we want to help you. Awesome, Ben. 
All right, Wes. Well, you can wrap it up. Give us your thoughts and then go to the closing prayer. Thanks for going here, guys. <laughs> Good deal. Uh, first of all, it, it's just been an absolute pleasure to spend this time with you gentlemen. Uh, thank you for what you're doing. Uh, you guys are phenomenal. Titus, thank you for having us on and, and, and putting this together. Ben, Jordan, thank you for your work. Continue to do great things. I'm, I'm honored to know you brothers and, and spend this time with you. Um, we, we need to make a diligent effort to love one another. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the whole, that's the whole idea of, of what we're after. Um, you know, we want to be, um, we want to be giving, um, what God has given to us. And that's, that's something that just, you can't replace that. You can't replace that love. You can't replace that feeling of comfort of knowing that someone loves you enough to give their life, to give their son, to give everything for you. There's a love like that to, to imagine that love is one thing, but to know that that love is out there is, is completely the most reassuring and satisfying thirst quenching thing that we could ever have in our life. So uh, let's be showing that love to other people. Let's give that love to other people. Let's spread that gospel, that good news with other people. And it will literally begin to, to make this world change for what God is wanting it to be. And that is a world of people that love one another and are about his work. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at. And uh, you know, if it's, if it's good with you, I'll go ahead and close this out in prayer. Go for it. That was awesome. All right. Let's pray together, fellas. God, our father, we are uh, so grateful that you have given us this opportunity to come together and to, to discuss your word and to, to discuss this passage. God, we are, we are so thankful for your word and for the instruction that it gives us, for the teaching that it gives us. God, it is, it is your word. It is the truth. And, and God, we are thankful for it. And we ask that as we communicate to others, that we communicate your word in a way that is, one, truthful, two, easy to understand, so that those around us can be following you. God, we are thankful for the opportunity we've had to come together and to discuss this topic. God, I am thankful for Titus. I'm thankful for the work he's doing. Thankful for Ben and his work, Jordan and his work. Thank you for their families and, and their continued support system. God, we ask that as we do things as children of yours, that we do things that will glorify you. It will bring you honor. It will bring you praise. And God, that it be nothing about us, that we stand out of the way and let your word and let your teaching be the guide for everything that we do. God, you have blessed us so richly in so many ways. And for that, we are truly thankful. But God, we are especially thank you for your son, Jesus. And it's through his precious name we offer this prayer. Amen. 